0: Ladies and gentlemen, you won't know what's been going on behind the scenes, but this is actually the second time filming this episode of the podcast. You will not see the first episode, but you will see this one. So for you, it's your first episode. I have the incredibly talented, wonderfully gifted in the world of business, crypto, blockchain, NFTs, and all of those things that most of you have no idea what they are, but you'd like to, the incredible MetaCovid. nice to see you buddy
1: nice to meet you again Spencer (laughs) it was a pleasure last time but yeah
0: it seems to me that you've upgraded your surroundings it looks proper have you had makeup artists come in today and do your makeup (laughs) as well as as the lighting or have you you just (laughs) 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 actually
1: I I just you know like uh, it's it's locked down here right so for a for a while I was growing my beard and stuff so it was it was only today I could I could get a uh, my my hat done so it's been a while since uh, that happened. So, uh, I also like how I look today. So,
0: I'm <laughs> you're definitely uh, very well groomed, indeed. Well, look, <laughs> you you are a, a, literally you've kind of like although you've been doing this for a while, you landed in the world's consciousness just a couple of months ago now in a very big way, didn't you? With with the purchase of an NFT, a digital piece of art that was $69 million, and I think that most people, if they can identify with anything about you right now, the general public, that's what they identify with. And they're thinking, Mm. who on earth is this guy that's just spent $69 million on something we don't even know what NFT stands for, let alone, okay, what digital art really is. So maybe if we can start there, then we'll talk about what it was like when you were younger, okay, and your journey to success. And also the differences really that that, that you and I spoke about before, but we'll share today that, that you think the the world of blockchain, the world of crypto can really do to benefit... Uh, humanity let's call it humanity there's a big old thing to say but let's try and try and yeah. use that as a, a kind of starting point so um what were you doing spend 69 million dollars at an auction how did that happen
1: there's many angles to this right i think it's 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 about how crypto made it possible right and the conversation has kind of become about that these days and and i really like exploring that area right because it's it's not just about a piece of art like usually the high arts and and all this like auction houses and and all these culture high culture things are are usually reserved uh for us for a specific set of people so what what this event has kind of done is you know like i'm happy about that you know i don't want to take you know like the credit for, for all of it i mean there was crypto, there was blockchains, there was NFTs, and one of the uh, blockchains made me rich. And that's why, you know, this event happened. So I almost feel like, you know, being part of that story of how uh, crypto is important to the world and, and what crypto is doing uh, here. So that's the, that's the story of the $69 million purchase.
0: Now, when we talk about crypto, a lot of people have spent money gambling on this type of stuff, I believe, over the last probably the last probably 18 months in 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 a big way, you're kind of everyday people. Because they've seen an opportunity to make money and i think people get uh, attracted by greed it's you know if i told you that tonight you know for one night only if you were in the win hotel in las vegas for sure number 27 was going to come in every mm. time on the roulette table you'd have people flocking to it thinking it was going to be where they'd you know make some fast money and i think i think mm. crypto for some people has has taken them down a the path of wanting to kind of like get rich quick yep. and and you can bet your bottom dollar if you can sell a get rich quick scheme to somebody, people are going to buy it. Just go back a 100 years, go back 200 years. That existed, you know, with the guys in their horse and carriage going from village to village around the United States, you know, coming in with their mm. next wonderful idea to get rich and make money. But mm. I think that that, that, that has, has bred an even bigger misunderstanding around investing to me because, uh, you I know, I, I don't believe people should invest in something they don't understand, but very often they do. You you took a different approach, so though. What, what what I find is really interesting is you know you're a youngster, you got no money, and it's not even you don't even have a laptop, you know, as the story goes. But you're trying you know trying to make it in the world, and something that I think is really interesting is, and this is something that I think people can learn from young people in particular. If people laugh at something, mm. investigate it.
1: <laughs> I think I think that's. Uh definitely a broad statement right like just to say like a lot of times what people laugh at maybe should be laughed at right you never know it's like saying albert einstein was crazy but every everyone who's crazy is not albert einstein right so <laughs> so there there are definitely ideas that you know like we should not consider but usually because of you know there's there is this ignorance in everyone so every human being has some like a lot of things that they have no idea about, right? And usually because we, we meet, uh, say, so, so, someone like even Warren Buffet, right? He he has no intention of, of you know, talking positive about, say, crypto or blockchain or whatever, right? But when I when I look at Warren Buffet, I have a lot of respect for him, by the way. Like, I really like him. I really like what he, uh, he has taught the world uh, as his life, right? But sometimes, you know, like, he's focused on something, like he's focused on something specific. And, and usually for for a guy like him, what would escape his eyes is, ISIS, you know, the the initial portion. Like Warren Buffet is not a seed investor, right? Warren Buffet is not a CDC investor. He invests in businesses that have figured out what they are actually doing, right? And so there is so many different ideas out there. And and if you look at the whole startup ecosystem for the last uh, 10 years even, I think getting to profitability is a process, right? Like it takes 10 years and and a lot of companies never get to profitability, but, but the IPO also. What those trends say is that there is this uh, space where you can experiment without fully knowing what you're doing, right? And that space is something that's very hard to invest in because what are your metrics right like usually startups will be like yeah we like user growth or or some other uh, metric would be introduced instead of say revenue and profit so it's very similar to for the blockchains too because blockchains are not a cash flow investment so like if you if you it's not a business and it's not a share that you're buying what you're buying is almost you know like a portion of how a portion or or your say in how do you think this network should be run, right? Like it's more like if something was a public good and we want to share the governance among people, how would we share it, right? And maybe we'd give a lot more tokens to someone who was a visionary, who conceived this idea, but then we would also give it to people who are actually using the public space, right? So blockchains are no different. Blo- blockchains, in fact, I I kind I, I this term uh, a few weeks ago, uh, I called it the digital public infrastructure right where these are not supposed to be in private hands that 's the point like if if money is in private hands today, all social media is in private hands, and we don't think about them right like we don 't think about it for a second why what is a, wh- like what is the alternative because internet cannot have anything that's public right when I say public, I mean like Wikipedia. Wikipedia is a very interesting experiment and like blockchains are like Wikipedia, more like Wikipedia than like Facebook. Hold hold on a minute.
0: You've you've just hit on something that's really resonated with me here. Mm -hmm. Warren Buffett buys into businesses. He understands George Soros is a currency trading expert. Bill Mm -hmm. Gates is a software building expert. Mm -hmm. Mark Mm -hmm. Zuckerberg is a social network expert. Mm -hmm. Think about this. This is really interesting. When there's five, yeah. typically five asset classes outside of the blockchain, which is um, property, uh, fixed yeah. income, um, lending, uh, which are yeah. bonds, um, commodities, and equities. There are people out there that just invest in the commodities markets, and specifically yeah. in either precious metals or in gold or in or in uh, soft commodities. So yep. you're right. People do focus on things, and when I meet an investor that's a property investor that's built up a big property portfolio, and I say, "Have you invested in I don't know crypto or equity?" No, 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 no. That's not what I do. Okay, you know, yep. property is my thing. So that's a really important point, actually. And I don't think, I don't think people think about mm-hmm. it like that. And the other thing yep. that you said, it's like the startup uh, uh, world as well. There's loads of guys out there mm-hmm. that are in that space where they're prepared to invest in startups. But what, what are they investing in? They're investing in the hope that the person that has the idea can take it from concept through to uh, proof and then through to revenue. And yeah. they don't know at the beginning. They just hope. They do yeah. some tools to measure, just like Warren Buffett does his, his, his measurements for the businesses, but they don't yeah. know. And I, that's yeah. that to me, honestly, that's a really important point that I don't think people think about because you've created this new asset class with the crypto and the blockchain world. It literally is a new, different asset class. And people are investing yeah. in it Hopefully, with the hope that it's going to become something, but they're having to put their trust in it. But that's no different to putting your trust in a startup or any of the other things. Yeah,
1: exactly, and that's and big it, to is, me.
0: To me, that's big.
1: And the and the aspect to which you know the the other part of this, where I was talking about the digital public infrastructure, that's a large thing. Like if if Wikipedia was a private company, yeah, how much? What would be its valuation, right? Like it's a it's something everybody would want it would be the envy of every private company even today it is yeah. right so to build something like that where so many people can contribute and no one actually owns like no one actually owning wikipedia is why so many people are contributing to it actually so because they ha- they think they have a say right and i'm 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 part own like when I say ownership, in the case of Wikipedia, it's not about like have receiving, being able to receive cash flow. But in that case, it will be able to change Wikipedia in a way, right? And that's what we do with public goods. So if we take a park, we don't measure it in a financial term. We, me- we think about it in a social utility terms, right? And what's important there is how it is managed, right? And that is where, you know, blockchain tokens are coming in. So basically, tokens, blockchain tokens are interesting because they're almost like governance tokens for these systems. When I say systems, public digital infrastructure, right? So governance of them. It need not be the subject of everyone, but someone who's, you know, passionate about public infrastructure definitely would find it very interesting to work on blockchains. But, you know, also invest in it, also, also, you know, contribute to it, et cetera.
0: For the benefit of the listeners, let's explain how you started on your journey because I think it's an important one to to give some some, um, narrative around. Um, You are a young kid. You're not born from the silver spoon in your mouth. You don't have wealthy parents. You don't have uh, an easy step along the rungs of the ladder to become somebody. Where, where, where did that curious mind come from? What was the name of that teacher? Who was that person that got you mm-hmm. inquisitive? Because we all have someone, don't we, that kind of like switches something on somewhere that makes us curious about something.
1: Definitely. I think there are, there are a lot of things uh, which, 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 which inspired me when I was a kid. Um, definitely like part of it is my mom because my mom was, you know, like always pushing me onto different stages. She'll be like, Yeah, like, I cannot sing. I'll be really bad, right? But she'll be like, Yeah, go on stage. That's it. And and all she'd be like, just show up. It might work out or, or something. So I had this idea, this curious idea that, you know, like we have to try stuff. And and that's that is how I would know whether something is not for me, right? And the other part is I when I grew up, uh the president of my country, uh like India was was A.P.J. Abdul Kalam, who's who was born in a fisherman family, and he he was he was he was also called the Rocket Man of India. So he's the guy who who devised the uh, like the rocket that carried the satellites from from India from a fisherman family from a, from a Muslim fisherman family. I mean a minority fisherman family, and if that is possible, and he became the president of the country, right? If that is possible you know like we we have to think big is what what i was so excited about and 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 the same person abdul kalam he had written like a bunch of books uh, i remember this one uh, which is called the ignited minds i think every you know high schooler should should read that kind of a book you know it it kind of you know puts you in in the in the middle of the action it says you know like the the future is on you right and what are you going to do about it so that kind of had this you know like amateurish naive you know like excitement that i can change the world and that's how i started so i wanted to you know i i wanted to build stuff i wanted to innovate on things i wanted to I invent uh, things and and by 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 saying those words i think what i Meant was if innovations and inventions were possible in say a place like where i was born from you know that would become an economic tool a social tool (coughs) where like the latest invention makes a lot of money right not not every like the second guy who has the same idea like like it's it's useless and so when there are new things that are coming out of a society i feel like there is a lot of economic uh, growth there right? And so I was going for that. I was, it was not just for me, but I wanted to do it for you know, people around me too. So that was the motivation and I think that motivation comes from Ignited Minds, the book.
0: So, when I was a kid I was bullied at school and so I didn't have a very nice experience when I was at school and nothing happier than leaving school at 16 knowing I didn't have to face these two boys, Paul Fowler and Justin Zimmerman that, that really made my life a misery. But they made me want to prove so badly to them, not anybody else, to them, that they weren't going to beat me, that I worked so hard through right. the early part of my career. And, and again, the people would never have known this because they just thought I was ambitious and working hard to grow. But it was this anger that I had towards them to want to prove them wrong. And I'm pretty sure they don't even remember who I am. They've probably forgotten my name. But it kept driving me, driving me, driving me. So I didn't have that push of wonder and optimism. It was that push of trying to prove somebody wrong that got me going. So did you, when you were younger, did you have any of that? Or was it literally optimism and dreaming and hoping in the way that you thought? I would, I,
1: I would say it's a mix of a lot of things, right? Uh, definitely there is a lot of optimism just because of the people around me. The optimism comes from the fact that you know there are so many people who would go through the same thing that I've gone through, right? But there are things you know, like being born in a context. Like say, I'm I'm born in India, right? And and India is a is a country of many countries. So not not everyone has the same kind of you know cultural uh, uh, space here, right? Like for, uh, like, I, I, I remember I was listening to Rich Poor at, uh, like, Robert Kiyosaki's podcast, and he goes and he says, uh, you know, people who become entrepreneurs are people who became entrepreneurs because, because they didn't get a job, you know, like, it's it's when it's hard to get a job, what do you do, right? And that's kind of where I'm also coming from, because, like, while growing up, I, I, I grew up in a in a different part of the country. So different part of the country, meaning I'm from the southern part of the country, and the southern part of the country does not speak the same language as the as the whole country, right? And so I always used to f- feel like you know, like I'm 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 being considered like a immigrant within my own wow. country. You know what I mean? Like people will want you to change, right? Like speak something else, you know, eat differently, dress differently, and they will ridicule, like, people for coming from a different culture. And this used to happen to me, like, through through my uh, UG, undergrad. Undergrad was, was something like that, because that was the first time I started interacting with a lot of people from from the northern parts of India, right? Definitely, I'm, like, I have a lot of friends. But, you know, it's it's more like, I don't want to be someone else to... You know, to have a job. I don't want to be someone else uh, in order to uh, have money for, for, for to eat, right? And that was the fundamental problem. And it's as I said, this is not my problem. This is a lot of people's problem. And the interesting part is, it it is not only within India, right? Like it it is it is part of the world because that's the world we are living in today. It's it's uh, um, as uh, someone like Walter Mignolo would put it. We are living in the age of salvation by progress. Once upon a time we used to live salvation by conversion, right? Where kings used to go conquer people and be like, yeah, if you if you all convert to my religion, then I'm not I'm not a sinner, right? So that kind of a situation has now changed. And now if there is progress, if there are better numbers, it's always good. But you know, numbers are 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 human-defined. Like we don't we measure things like we want to measure them. Right, we don't, we cannot measure everything. So when, when say a culture, a specific culture within a specific country, you know, like has has this issue, uh, the destruction of its ecosystem, what happens is it destroys uh, art, it destroys entrepreneurs, it, it it destroys, you know, a ecosystem where people like people from this part of the country can be confident, right? Where they can openly and and express themselves and be heard in their own language, right? Like imagine, like I being, I'm not a native English speaker, right? But if I if I speak in Tamil, which is you know like my native language, I would definitely be more expressive, right? Definitely, and and that is the story of all our lives, because like when I when I come out of India, I definitely I have to speak English, but within India also. Like Tamil is not something I can speak everywhere, right? And because I don't understand the other languages, say in India, even the majority ones, which is which is, you know, the the countries like to have one single language so that they can talk to everyone. But India does not want that to be English. It it wants it to be say something like Hindi. Which I'm not, you know, very okay with because then it's it's a problem. We have to learn English. We have to learn you know another language and another language to go to Europe. Another language to go to you, the U.S. So it's such a hard thing because we we have to start to start our lives. We have to have so much of uh, um, how do I say it? like like you you have to have that side of you right. Like learning a language is not for everyone. Learning many languages is not for everyone, and. And it's very hard for them to navigate such a world, right? And that is where I'm coming from. And
0: that is the fundamental pain I used to face, right? Hmm, understood. So, okay, let's move on a little bit. because I want to I address some really important issues here, but let's make sure that everyone's clear. You, you start out as a youngster full of ambition and hope. You don't have much money. You've not got a laptop. You've got a USB stick. I think this is great, this little part of the story how you're sitting there with a the USB stick hopping from friends' laptops to laptops, being able to use a, 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 a device basically that we all just take for granted today.
1: Yeah, so that's the, that's the I think, uh, in terms of the technology uh, innovations, I think internet and, and, and what it's done to the world is, is just incredible, right? Cyberpunks had this manifesto, in which it says information wants to be free, right? And that means, you know, like information. Information is how the world has been stratified, classes, caste, everything. You can you can put everything like rich, poor, every kind of stratification is just information. What information you have access to, right? And that's where I think internet started that phase of of saying that information wants to be free and everyone can know about anything they want right and whatever you seek and because we are living in that world today i feel like a global citizen and i don't feel like you know like my knowledge is just from my social fabric i get to learn so much from from so many people across the world right that is the story of where this you know the flash drive comes in because the flash drive you know it's it's a simple thing but it could hold one GB of of data right and I didn't have a laptop definitely but what was so amazing was I could download a lot of stuff from the internet and keep it in my fl- flash drive and all that for free right like it will be a tutorial about you know how to make a website it's very valuable and I that is what I used to watch Uh, when i when i got a chance and and i i download say python tutorials and asp.net back then you know like tutorials and and that's what i i used to see right like in my you know free time
0: (laughs) so you know i've lived in 10 countries since since i was younger and i think one of the most valuable thing a parent can do is give them Give their kids experience of meeting and exploring other mm-hmm. cultures, but most people don't get that benefit. Whether you're from southern India or southern England, for that matter, you know, there's we have a laughing yeah. joke in the with with Americans that most Americans don't have a passport, and most Americans don't even know the countries outside of the United States, they don't know anywhere else. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. British people would argue that they're more cultured and they travel a little bit more, but that's because we come from a we <laughs> come from a tiny island where it rains all the time. So maybe we get there, but most people don't get a chance to see the world. So seeing the world through information on the internet is 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 the next best mm-hmm. thing. Do you think? Do you think? You, because you you studied in Dubai, you've obviously travelled to different countries doing what you do. Singapore, United States, etc. Do you think that really opened your eyes up even more to understanding the differences and the opportunities and the similarities? Yeah, yeah, that's that's what. Like the the greatest
1: part is to you know find how we are the same, right? Not not how we are different because that's obvious, (laughs) right? So so I think kind of traveling across the world opened up. Uh, you know on a meta way about you know understanding about people because I can I can connect with people very easily because I, I, I think we, we all come from our own perception and, and our own opportunities and our own uh, you know some kind of hierarchy right So everyone has you know anyone has an issue right It's almost like if you, if you go to a rich person be like yeah like I think your life will be great and he'll have 10 things to say right like why his life is not so great. So, so those things, I think, have this nature of telling you that wherever you go in this world, human beings are very similar, right? And so mm-hmm. ideas should always be global, but whatever you want to do, you know, like can, can start local. But what we should know, like what we should trust in us is the fact that, you know, that you will always find an audience for what problem you are trying to solve somewhere else. And that is more than enough, because it's very hard, or I would say it, it is almost not authentic to solve problems that you, you've not actually faced yourself, right? Like, and, and you don't care about. And most of the entrepreneurs, you know, they'll they'll be like, you know, sit on a, uh, sit in a table chair, you know, speak to their friends and be like, yeah, I want to do this. But there'll be no relationship between that problem and, and them right? It will just be a great mm-hmm. idea. They'll be like, yeah, if I do this, you know, I can have hundreds of millions of people using this. But do we care about those hundreds of millions of people? Is it, is it, some, is it a problem that we also care about? So, if, we, if you do think like that, then what happens is, you will not work on everything that, you know, comes in front of you. You will completely throw away most of it and be like, yeah, I have a very little time. And I want to spend my time working on something that I care about. And definitely, like there will be a commonality. And that's where I think great ideas come and, and great founders come from
0: you're absolutely right there's a community out there of people that you know find the ticketing system at airlines because they travel a lot frustrating and a headache and they want to try and improve that and so i get exactly what you mean if you feel the pain you feel the problem you you can feel the journey as well and how that journey can be fixed but if you're just doing it just to make money sometimes you you kind of lose the 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 ethos of it don't you yeah and and sometimes you, you you can
1: just feel bored about it right like the 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 best you you Case scenario is that you'd make money and and that's not that's not good at all the best case scenario should be you being able to spend time with the people you want to spend time with and if you chase money you'll you'll ha- be spending time with all the bad people and that's where you know life and work you know divides and I I, I have you no know, I, I never like that life because it's not sustainable after a few years you will be like yeah I want to retire I want to not do this, you know, like give it to someone else or something. So st- yeah, like like
0: really work on ideas that, that you know, like you care about. That's what I learned from traveling. You find that there's a lot of people out there that, that get to that point where they make enough money, whatever it is that they're doing. And then they realize that having that money doesn't bring any form of joy or satisfaction to them. In fact, it becomes, it becomes a, a ball and chain around their ankles. And so putting yeah. it to, to good use on things that matter with a sense of purpose, brings out so so much more benefit doesn't it and you see many people doing this you know you see these these billionaires okay while i'm talking to a billionaire we know the other ones as well you see these billionaires out there that want to when they die give whatever it is 85 percent or a large percentage of their their wealth to good causes um but if you if you understand the causes they care to support they're the ones that they often feel the most about They've spent they've spent time with the children with HIV in Botswana, or they've spent time dealing with uh, you know the the animal cruelty in Peru, or whatever it may be, and it, they're compelled then to want to get involved and help that. Just to, just in the same way that there, there's a lot of people out there that never got a chance in life that had to really claw their way up, and they want young people to have a better opportunity to get become educated and grow. And so when you see these kind of things, there's 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 some value in it. But um, yeah, I think that. That when I look at someone like you, you know, for, for everyone listening that knows who you are, it's like you're a billionaire, man. That's just nuts when you think about it. A billionaire. But th- there isn't anything billionaire about you, though, is there? There isn't anything billionaire-ish about your your kind of like your, your mentality and the way that you see the world. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, yeah, OK, I've got this stuff, but I'm, I'm, I'm pursuing things that really matter. And I, I kind of I, I really respect that.
1: I, I think it's just not. It's not just me, right? Like who's, who's like this. I think Vitalik Buterin, right? Like definitely, he can he can be more flashy, for example, <laughs> but he's not, right? So things like that, like he never actually even you know started using his money or something. He definitely he has a lot of soft power in the world and and uses this very wisely, and I think that's the kind of inspiration uh, I I carry, right? Like Balaji Srinivasan. Vitalik, you know, people like that who who want to use this, you know, think about money as a potential energy, right, like, like, like water on top of a tank. And that's it. Uh, What are we going to irrigate now, right? And that's, 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 that's every human's problem. It's, it's, it does not, as you said, you know, like, there's a, there's a song in uh, Tamil, which, which, which the meaning of it is, if you have a little cash in your hand, you know, you are its owner. But if you have cash up until your neck, the money is your owner, right? And that's <laughs> kind of what <laughs> you described. That that happens because, you know, like money is a continuous inflating uh, like currency, right? Like cu- currency is inflating all the time. So you have to find ways to, you know, put that to use. You have to find ways to, you know, like make it economically, uh, like, Like to make it make it um, like to make make sense of it economically, you have to keep moving that money from one part to another, from one investment to another, you know, like be very active, look out for all those opportunities. And like if you look at, but on the contrast, if you look at a founder like Vitalik, you know, he never does those things, right? So you start something, you work on something, and be like, Yeah, this is my life's work i don't i don't mind let it grow and and you 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 stay with it right maybe the ethereum could have totally you know like like gone to ashes and still vitalik will be the same person and and be happy the same way right and that's what is very inspiring to me because i think we we are all and 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 the context i'm coming from i have enough you know social issues around me which 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 kind of gives purpose to my life very easily right I don't I don't come from a world where I'm like I look around and be like yeah like like if, if the order can arrive two minutes earlier it will be great and that's my startup. I don't have to do that right like I can actually <laughs> there is there is definitely problems that I can work on which which would help a lot of other human beings and so there is the, like my life and, and with all this potential and it's just exciting. It's just too many things I can work on, and, and I'm trying to figure out what. Okay, which but ones that's, that's an interesting thing because my
0: next question was going to be: Where do you start when it comes to having so many? Because there genuinely are. You know, you can, you come from a country that is famous for corruption. It's famous for the, the, the massive divide between the wealthy and the poor, um, uh, and and obviously a mm-hmm. country of a huge, enormous population um, that's growing at outrageous mm-hmm. rates. Mm-hmm. Where, where does someone hmm. that's got themselves into your position start? And, and how do you say no? I
1: think it, uh, where we start is from a conversation, right? And conversation with, with a wide array of people, right? So, I haven't, like, like, for example, what, what I do is have kind of, some kind of an idea and I will try to pitch it to everyone. Not, not to investors, but, you know, like, people so i'll go to my mom and be like this is my idea what do you think I'll go to my friend and be like this is my idea what do you think so what that does to me is that you know it, it brings out various issues around me because they'll be like yeah i don't care about this i think it, it, it has nothing to do with me or someone like you know have you thought about about this idea from this angle and that's where uh, ideas are, are are become great and one of the best ways to do this is to work with artists because artists know the future that's that's my belief system right and and they know the future because they are thinking all the time they, when i say artists i i'm using that word very broadly right like creators creators who are genuine who understand that you know life is about a body of work right like people like that really like think about everything so deeply they will go anthropologically, historically, you know. They will have such a such an immense, uh, uh, like, there they, will be libraries themselves, right? And so when you talk to them, what happens is things like um, a specific idea would, would evolve so much, you know, and, and, and get to a point where it, it actually gets to the core of, of issues. And one of the best ways to talk to an artist is to work with them.
0: Okay. Right? So commission something. Mm, that's it. That's like, interesting to say. that. Let, let's talk about that. The, the, the reason that's really important, I think, is if I don't know. I had spinal surgery about ten years ago, and I met my I met mm-hmm. twelve neurosurgeons in London to decide which one was the best one. And they were very matter of fact. Mm. They performed so many operations that it no longer was something that they, they were able to be that compassionate about, even though I was in a lot of pain, um, because it had become mm. very um mechanical for them and then you take somebody you know i grew up in nigeria i spent time there as a kid and in nigeria we have extreme poverty uh and people become hardened to the poverty so you know if if a foreigner came into nigeria and then never seen it before they'd be like oh my goodness me we have to help we have to do something we've got to you know let's try but when you've lived in it you just you know you become not oblivious, but you just become desensitized, don't you? And also, you down in, in Southern India will be, I would argue, desensitized to some of the things that other people would see and go, oh, shock, horror, you know, how can we help? So, thinking about artists the way that you do, and thinking, they're going to look at situations differently to you, and they're going to, you know, it's really, I've never even thought about it, so it's very smart that you do. Tell me more about how how you went about working with an artist? How you commissioned them? Give me an example of something that you did.
1: So um, any any project we... I, I'll give an abstract idea because I don't want to uh, give out, you know, some of the things I'm working on right now. Which, which, Why not? I want I a scoop. I give me a scoop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: because I need the permission of the artist also. But the thing is, you know, like working with an artist, uh, the process is so interesting. Um, so, you know, you, you, you'd have a call like this, you'd start somewhere. And, um, what if you commission someone, you know, it's like, you know, I, I give Mm -hmm. someone money and I'm like, you know, can you, can you do something for me? And what will be the next question from them? They'll be like, what do you want me to do? Right. And that's it. That's the, that's, that, that's the discussion because you can just say, you know, I want something that, that I want to hang in the hang here. And that's this function and uh, yeah you can do anything you want right but when you get involved in it when i say involved you can you can talk to the artist you know about your life and where you are coming from and their life and where they are coming from right and then you find the point of the commonality the same commonality that you know we, we touched upon and that is where the magic is and that is where you know the the special piece of artist it's special it's special for you and him and 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 that will give you a lot of answers about yourself you know it's almost like therapeutic it's it's going through it's like therapy sessions but you know you're talking to someone uh, who's who's not literally talking to you because you paid him money it, it's 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 something
0: else it's, it's like, right? like it's it's, it's very like you're different. connected and you get each other and the moment then you get each other yeah. it's almost like you get on the same wavelength as each other and then yeah. and then yeah. they're going forward there's this subconscious alignment isn't there
1: yeah 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 and and that's what is so wonderful because when it reflects in the piece what happens is you from being the person who commissioned something become part of the conversation and you become also you also become the artist right and it's such a nice, you know, like, what's so wonderful is artists are like that too. Artists love to allow people to be part of their creation. They would they would love for you to take a, you know, t- take take it, t- like describe it, you know, like, like craft it you, the way you want. But we are not, we, are, we, we have come this far where this commissioning of art has become only for the few, right? And and it's not a common thing in the society. And I think it's it'd be really interesting. For example, you have something behind you, right? And I'm sure you bought it. I don't know.
0: I mean I'm in Paris in a hotel. So this is this okay bought something.
1: Okay, okay, cool. But but imagine that mm-hmm. piece, right? Like if this was your home and that was the piece and you had just bought like you have gotten it somewhere. Instead of that, if you could you know, say this is the canvas and ask someone, you know, like to do something for you through by having a discussion, it would be so special mm. and and it'll be so nice for all of us. So, so that's the, I think that's kind of the generic secret I found about the world today where I feel like, you know, to navigate the world, I'll just go, if I have an issue, a problem, like, you know, I cannot solve, I'll go to an artist and be like, yeah, let's work together. And the subject will
0: be my problem, right? That, that's yeah. very special. So, have you had conversations with anybody else that shares that view or, or came to you with that kind of concept themselves before?
1: Mm, I I have a feeling that, you know, um, like I've been lucky because I, I come from a place where you know like when an artist wants to work with me suddenly they feel like i'm a different uh i'm i'm, I'm not the um, regular clientele right so i'm not the clients they work with usually so they have so much to ask me like in terms of where i'm from but you know also crypto so even the climate change question would would come from the artist directly to me and they'll be like you know like i heard that making an nft is bad to the environment what do you think about that and and those kind of questions are, are something I bring to the uh, answers are something I bring to the table. So definitely there is this special uh, like conversations that that I'm able to have with artists, but I don't think it's it's exclusive to me and it's it's not about the crypto or anything right like anyone will have that kind of specific domain knowledge that they hold which which could be very interesting to another human being. And I think that's where, you know, you can bring something to the table. They bring something to the table. And that's what makes conversations interesting.
0: Are you religious? Uh, Are you, no, spirit? no, no. Are you spiritual? Nothing, not.
1: uh, I, I, I'm, I'm rational, but I do uh, understand why irrationality is important.
0: Do you dream? Ah uh, definitely and, and are your dreams vivid and do they stay with you or do you lose them as soon as you wake up
1: uh, like there are yeah there there are different mm-hmm. kinds right like i I go through a lot, like dreams that are very vivid also yeah. and but I've not practiced dreaming like it's not I' not journaled them or anything it's some 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 dreams just you know like stay and and most dreams are and do you me- you meditate yeah Definitely. And how I much meditate, time do you yeah.
0: spend meditating every day, week?
1: I try to do fifteen minutes every day, but you know, I'm sometimes I'm not regular. Okay.
0: but but pretty regular mm. at getting fifteen minutes worth of meditation in a day. Yeah, yeah. I think that makes a lot of difference. Does it make a difference to your balance throughout the day? Is that what it gives you? Is that what gives you, or does it? Does it help you with your goals and ambitions? Actually,
1: it, it reveals a very simple secret. And I think remembering that secret every day is what uh, is important. The the secret is that, you know, like they talk when when you meditate, they talk, talk about breathing, right? So sometimes you can be aware of your breath and your breathing, but it does not mean when you're unaware or unconscious of your breath, you're not breathing, right? So something is happening always, you look at it or not. And that's the secret. So this meditation, what it does to me is, you know, kind of, you know, puts everything like, yeah, if something is going bad, I don't get angry because it's like, you know, like you cannot ask the tree to grow in a day, Mm -hmm. let it grow, right? That kind of a feeling is what meditation brings to you. And I like it.
0: Interesting. If we to look towards the future and, you know, how old are you? 33. 33. I'm old enough to be your dad. Okay. So, so, happy birthday for a couple of days ago. So you're 33. Now, when we look towards the future, we're going into this who knows what after the coronavirus and COVID, what's going to come. We see inflation going up quite dramatically in some parts of the world. We see... Uh, countries printing money. We see um, there being jobs that were lost 12 months ago. Some jobs come back. We've seen some expansion in markets because of that change, that evolution. We've seen bosses of banks like JP Morgan and uh, Morgan Stanley saying, we have to get people back to work. And then you hear also in the news, the great resignation that's coming. All these people that come out of their furlough periods. Uh, I don't want to go back to work full time. I'm, I'm quite happy doing my work at home. Thank you very much. And seeing my kids. And yeah. when, when we and then we saw again uh, over the course of the last few years that the, 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 the cryptocurrency rise and dramatic growth. And then we saw this kind of like stop dead in its tracks almost. And yeah. then Bitcoin and, and, and the yeah. other currencies started to follow as they went up from nearly the $60,000 mark and then came down to you know, twenty nine thirty thousand 30000 around that kind of mark. And again, over the long, over the long term, 30000 is still really, really high compared to where it started. But for a lot of people, they they can't see that. A lot of people can only see okay hold on a minute this has dropped so what's happening what's the future going to be should i buy more cryptocurrency should i just sit and hold what i've got should i sell cryptocurrency should i should i actually not buy any more cryptocurrency and focus on getting uh, nfts instead should should that be my path towards the future and whilst i don't want you to give predictions like you know some financial analyst or anything okay and, and i wouldn't i wouldn't dream of asking you that give us a broader picture of where where the blockchain is moving and how crypto is going to impact us even more positively and more penetratively in the future we saw sotheby's recently accepting it didn't we and so that that for me you spoke right at the beginning of our conversation about these kind of old establishments you know uh, you you buying something at an auction through these old establishments that was a, a bit bit weird but now seen sotheby's saying we're going to take we're going to take bitcoin as a uh, form of payment and sotheby's yeah. is kind of if it's not the oldest, it's one of the oldest auction houses out there, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what is wonderful. I think uh, uh, we, are, we are we are fighting the like it's 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 for the movement, right? Like crypto in a way is is a system. It's a it's not a, just a technology. It's a it's actually it proposes a systemic change in how we deal with assets, how what what privacy means to people, right? and, and, and owning some owning a part of a public infrastructure, right, like Bitcoin is a public infrastructure project, and and owning a Bitcoin is owning a little bit of a public infrastructure project, which is very new to the internet, very, very new, right. So, if you look at, if you want to look at blockchains for investing, right, definitely, I would, I would divide that conversation into crypto and NFTs very separately, right. So, so yeah, nfts i can i can talk about it you know like in in three four ways but crypto i'll, I'll, I'll do it quickly crypto basically these blockchains that you see uh, which are trading you know like and, and reach your ears they are they are all you know trending for a reason you know they are in the news for a reason etc but what's important is to you know identify these uh, cryptocurrencies as systems and understand what they are doing in this world so if you take bitcoin it did something very specific uncensorable money right like unreversible money with no governance so no one can govern bitcoin so that means that nothing can change and that's their governance system right like no changes is also a governance policy right and so that's bitcoin so would you like it right and if a lot of people like it and and a community of people like it and and they like it for the reason that it's not a great idea but it's also very well executed meaning uh, if you are thinking about a public infrastructure project you cannot own 50% of it you cannot own 80% of it right like wealth cannot then be concentrated so systems blockchain systems after bitcoin because bitcoin was proof of work there was also proof of stake coins which are more environmentally you know friendly but definitely bitcoiners will criticize the proof of stake systems as not that secure, right? But again, it's a compromise. Mm-hmm. Like, are you a person who thinks, you know, I don't, I don't want to be part of a system that that pollutes? Then you'd be like, yeah. If, if Bitcoin has nodes that are using so much energy and and non-renewable energy, I want to move to a system which agrees with my values. And and climate change could be one value, but you know, there could be so many values. You could be like how is the wealth in this system distributed that would be a good question who's leading this what is his intention what does he want to do so if you look at a blockchain definitely you can go on youtube and be like who's the founder of this project and you should listen to him because everyone is on the internet now right like obviously all these founders of other blockchains that are not bitcoin either came from bitcoin or some other system that came after so Every blockchain uh, founder, including me, I was part of other systems, right? Like, and and that's how I'm here. So you have a history of what the leaders believe in, and and you also trust the leader. Do you also, you know, like definitely? Blo- we talk about blockchain as a decentralized system, but you do need a leader to to you know sail it for a while. When like the first few years, maybe, first four or five years, you need someone like Vitalik for Ethereum, right? And if you look at Vitalik, you will understand why Ethereum is successful. And in the same way, if you look at Gavin Wood, who's also a co-founder of Ethereum, but he went on to found Polkadot, you might understand why Polkadot would be interesting. So that's where I think you should look at crypto. as systems and and people, I'm not even talking about founders, right? I'm, I'm using the word leaders, because they are, they have specific set of values and that is what i think you should should try to get to and if you get there i think you you, sh- you can take a little bit of your money and be like yeah if i believe that if the system is in the world the world will be better so i'm going to i'm going to support it and that support would would could become uh, your uh, you, your treasure and that's the that's the whole idea. So if we do it any other way, I think it's very hard to h- hard to invest in crypto. It's it requires a lot of research. That's that's a basic way to put it, right? But NFTs are are very different and and even more interesting for someone like me, because what NFT allows you to do is to create something on the internet, right? The, is to create something for the human consciousness, which would exist here forever. Right. And coming from a culture, which is this is where I think your initial question of, you know, what makes you angry also ties in because NFTs are are liberating to me because if, if say a dominating culture wants to destroy a specific culture, it's so easy in the non crypto world, you know, they can, you know, they can censor books, burn books, um, you know, like, like wipe out languages. Out of existence, and all through the economic engine, right? So, so NFTs what they do is it allows you to take something, and you know just put it online permanently, time stamped, right? So there is there is this evidence of authenticity. There is this this evidence that this culture produced this, right? And there is this evidence of of this knowledge having existed. So NFTs would be really interesting if say imagine there's a book that teaches you the old ways of of a martial like uh, martial art right and there is this exact book and this one single book and it was created by the guy who actually came up with the martial like with that idea right and he wrote that book and if that's an nft imagine that's going to be on the internet and 100 years from now a kid is going to search you know for this specific nft and read it because by then either that book is not existing, right, or that book could be that book could definitely be on Amazon. I'm not denying that, but that book being a physical copy is very hard because mm-hmm. you know, physical copies go out of fashion. So that that kind of uh, longevity is what excites me about NFTs. Uh, there are institutions which document history, they document artist's life, and and they document so much, so, so many cultural aspects. I think all those things are very valuable NFTs.
0: Should 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 um, and should my podcast be an NFT?
1: Um it's a very good question. Your there are two kinds, right? So NFT can be a collectible which means that you know you you make it special in that moment, right? For some reason. For example, if the the point that you you and I are speaking, and imagine we come out out with something today, right? And that goes on to change the world, and this becomes an NFT. Definitely, this is where it started, the moment it started, right? And that is a very special NFT. But not every NFT has to be that special. NFT is just, you know, evidence. You don't have to even sell that, is what Mm -hmm. I'm trying to say. It's like saying, uh, like writing a story and going on the global public mm-hmm. ledger and registering it in a simple way. So that if anyone copies your story, you'll be like, yeah, like, look at this. Uh, th- there is this timestamp and, and it was me. See, this is my address. So that's the first use case of NFT, you know, like proof of existence. And the second nature of it is, you know, the aura of the moment. So if you combine both of it, it's a great NFT
0: interesting stuff tell me do you enjoy doing podcasts uh, I think it, uh, each it depends on the host <laughs>
1: <laughs> definitely depends on the host I think I'm enjoying this podcast <laughs>
0: how, how many
1: podcasts have you done um, I've done a few I think I've done like 30 30 so. what was your favourite one the value attainment one was, was one of my favourite yeah. <laughs> what was your
0: second favourite one <laughs> I'm going to phone Pat Bet, David, and have a word with him. <laughs> hey, man, look. Such an open Yeah, person. he is an open person. It is always, always, always a joy. And I'm, 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 I'm secretly happy that we had a sound problem on the first episode, because I've got a chance to get to know you more and, uh, and spend more time with you and talk to you. And I, and I can't thank you enough for taking the time to talk to us and share with my audience a bit about your story, but also about how you feel and how you think and where you see the world going. Because I think a lot of the time, people will just kind of pigeonhole you as this guy that bought Bitcoin, bought lots of Bitcoin, became rich, was crazy enough to buy an NFT, and you're kind of going to get stuck in that place rather than this person that I'm getting to know that there's so much more about you. And I'm sure if we spoke for the next four or five hours, we wouldn't run out of things to talk about. But as I am conscious of your time, um, and I appreciate you taking time to talk to me today, thank you so 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 much genuinely thank you so much for coming yeah. on the show
1: yeah th- thanks a lot and uh, yeah thanks a lot for you know spending that extra hour today because you know like you didn't have to right? like yeah so
0: thanks a lot for that and i really enjoyed this oh, uh, discussion. Man, it's great great talking to you there we go COVID on the podcast give him a round of applause folks <laughs> If you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, then please, if you're on iTunes right now, leave me a five-star rating. Go on. It won't take a moment. Or go over to uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, any of those other podcast apps. Give me some comments. Give me a follow. Engage with me, please, because the more people that see this podcast, the more people that it will be shared with. You know what? We get great guests on the show, and you know as well as I do that other people could benefit from listening to them. So it's always important to mention people that you partner with and partners for the podcast are Najahi Events and Najahi Tribe. Now, Najahi sounds like an unusual word, and it is, but it's Arabic for my success. And Najahi have brought some of the world-leading Public speakers, motivational speakers, inspirational leaders across the Dubai over the course of the years. And Abu Dhabi, mind you. And Najahi brought I don't know, people like Tony Robbins. Ever heard of him? Okay, Nick Vujicic. No arms, no legs, no worries. Lisa Nichols, Prince EA, Jay Shetty, uh, Alicia Keys. people like this and they bring them in and they run events and from those events we go and we learn from these incredible people on top of that they launched the najahi tribe recently where they have a collective of the world's greatest trainers that literally you can join become a member of take advantage of a training from all of these different people like real experts in their field I've got a sneaky suspicion I might be one of them as well. But anyway, (laughs) hopefully you will go and check them out for me because you enjoy these episodes of the podcast. And remember, it's always team effort and I can't do it without the support of these people. So go check out Najahi Events, N-A-J-A-H-I Events.com. I'll see you soon.